Well, let's change gears and move into our message this morning. So let's pray together. Would you pray with me? I'd ask you to pray this prayer. You don't say anything out loud, but just give this prayer to God. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. Just give that prayer to God. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. God, I pray that you would be glorified. I pray that everyone hearing this would be edified. And I pray that Satan would be horrified. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in this little series to begin the year called Dive In. And it's a walkthrough of our mission statement, which encourages us to be authentic and relevant in our Christianity. And so our mission statement is to multiply Christ-like disciples who are, everybody say podcar. Podcar, you can remind yourself of these things, and that should get you where you can start saying these things. If you can remember Podcar, you probably could start going through those and remember them. Passionate about their God, obedient to God's word, dependent on God through prayer, connected to one another, authentic and relevant in their witness. And so we have done the first three, and today we're going to do the fourth one, which is C, connected to one another. What a great concept. I'm thankful for this concept. The big idea today is that community is God's plan. Community, connectedness, that's God's plan. And it shouldn't surprise us because God himself exists in community. Isn't that amazing? God has never experienced loneliness. He's never been alone. The Trinity has existed before the creation of this world. So the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the three-in-one, totally co-equal but separate uh, identities there, they are in unity and connectedness which is is amazing. And then God wanted us to have that. He doesn't want us to be alone. He doesn't want us to feel lonely. He doesn't want us to try to do this Christian life by ourselves. It's never been designed to do by yourself. Like communion. Yeah, yeah, you could take the elements, but are you getting it? What God has for us to be connected to one another. Now, some of you are probably thinking, well, Jesus experienced loneliness. Yes, he did. There was a time at the cross when the son, the third part of the Trinity, experienced loneliness. It's when our sin was put on him. He became our sinfulness. And it's at that moment where God had to turn his back and could no longer even look at his son. And so what a moment in in human history that Jesus, the Son of God, the Prince of Heaven, who was there at the beginning and at creation, he, all of a sudden, did not have that connectedness any longer. And I contend, and I tell you this over and over again, the cross was extremely painful. Crucifixion was painful. But nowhere near the pain of Jesus being separated from the Father. That's the result of sinfulness. Sinfulness separates us. It breaks connectedness. Isn't that true? Sin breaks connectedness on this level, but it also breaks the connectedness on this level. Sin is an awful thing. And Jesus, for a moment, experienced that worst pain of the cross by being alone. Oh, I can't imagine that. I just, that moment, uh, I'd love to see the scene in heaven of God experiencing that pain 
the angels experiencing that pain and Jesus experiencing that pain, all because of sinfulness. Community is God's plan. This morning, we're going to talk about Alalan, not Alanon, but Alalan. Alalan in scripture means one another. Everybody say one another. another. Now, I have a couple of speech impediments. You've probably picked up on them. One of them is the word each other. If I'm not being careful, I say each other. That's how I say it all the time. And so this morning, we'll use one another so I don't have to say each other, okay? Uh, It's just a little thing I've had my whole life. I can't get that one straight. Alalan means one another or each other, and, and it means togetherness. And you need to know that it's mentioned over a hundred times in the New Testament. Over a hundred times, we're told one another, one another. Let me give you a rundown. Did, did I put them on the back of the notes? Anybody have the printed notes? There's a whole list on the back of the notes. Not ex- ex- uh, it's not exhaustive. It's not all of them, but I thought you needed a list so you could look at them yourself. I'll give you a brief synopsis. We're told to love one another, encourage one another, care for one another, serve one another, bear with one another, be at peace with one another, respect one another, submit to one another, forgive one another, comfort one another, pray for one another, confess to one another, be hospitable to one another. All the one another's require relationship. That's God's heart for us. We are the body of Christ. In a little microcosm, we're Oakwood Community Church. And we cannot exist as a bunch of individuals not connected to one another and not connected to the Father, not connected to the Holy Spirit. We'll be missing it. The plan that God has for us, we'll be missing it. That's why Romans 12.5, turn there, find a gadget, something where you can look up Romans 12.5, that's our key verse today. Romans 12.5 says, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Belongs. You belong to me. I belong to you. You belong to each other. Oh, there a guy almost messed that one. Each other. You belong to one another. Belonging is so crucial. In July, Pastor Ben moved. Did you see, by the way, Pastor Ben and Kylie are expecting a, a second baby in July? Oh, I'm so excited for them. Little baby's coming. Uh, good for them. But Ben left in July, and immediately I took over as youth pastor. I'm still youth pastor here at Oakwood at this moment. And one of the first things I did was start recruiting some people to help. We need help. And so I got a great group of people. We have about 17 adult staff that work with your teens here. And I immediately taught them one thing, the number one rule of youth ministry. I don't want to give it away too much. You know, I mean, you might think it's rocket science or something, and it's not. It's really simple. I brought them in and I said, guys, I'm not asking you to exposit the word. I'm not asking you to be brilliant uh, teenage psychologists. I really need you to do one thing, the ABCs of ministry. And I've taught this for years. It's the same in adult ministry, but it's very crucial at teens. The ABCs are simply, we want every teen to feel accepted, belonged, and cared for. ABC, accepted, belonged, and cared for. Now, of course, I had to stop there and say belonged is not a word, but I made it one. 
It is now. It's an actual word because I say so. Belonged. 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 We want every student to know they're accepted, belonged, and cared for. And so I ask those staff people as they come every Sunday night, when we show up, we, we get here at 5.15, we have our meeting, we pray, and then we have plenty of time then to go do the ABCs with the students. Just go make sure every student feels accepted, belonged, and cared for. You're like, that's it? That's it. Belonging is crucial. I can teach the word. I do that on Sunday nights for the teens. We want to give them the word. God changes them. But unless... They feel accepted, belonged, and cared for. They do not stay. That's true in adult ministry. People will tolerate bad preaching. Thank you. Mediocre music at times. I, I, you'll tolerate a lot, but you will not stay if you aren't connected. People that really try to stay and aren't connected will last at the most five years. And that's amazing that they'll even stay for five years putting up with bad preaching. <laughs> Belonging's crucial. God knew that. He designed us that way. That's why it's crucial. He put that hole in our hearts so that it would have to be filled. Connectedness. Belonging. And just so you know, it's a word. Everybody say belonged with me. One, two, three. Belonged. Belonged. Am I connected? That's a question I want to ask you. Why? What's the big deal? Well, it's safer. You know it's true. It's safer to be together. We tell that to all, you know, your, your kids go somewhere, stay in a group, you know. I think that's why little girls know from the time they're born, go to the bathroom with a herd of girls. You never go alone. The girls go to the bathroom in herds. They just go together. And that's fine. They should. We want people to go together. It's safer. God has it designed that we shouldn't walk this Christian life alone because it's safer to go with one another. It's safer. Not only is it safer... It's supportive. We need somebody's help. We need many people's help, actually, to keep us supported so we don't fade away, fall off. We need supportiveness. Lastly, it's smarter. It's just simply smarter to be connected. It's foolish to try to go this alone. I know we're in America, and America loves the Lone Ranger mentality. We love those those movies of that tough cop, you know, and the cop never has a partner. He wouldn't tolerate a partner. He goes it alone. And we somehow idolize that aloneness. And it's silly because we're not made to be alone. We were never designed to go it alone. It's safer. It's supportive. It's smarter that we go with one another. Together is better. With is always best. With is better than without, amen? You ever go without coffee? That's a bad thing. But going with is so good. With is always better than without. Now, I know there's some things, like Julie and I are trying to eat clean. That's what she tells me. We're eating clean. Apparently, when I'm alone, and she's not there to explain that to me, I don't make good choices. She asked me the other day, what did you eat for lunch? I said, I, I had a, a sub at Jimmy John's. The spicy Italian, she's like, that's not clean. I said, oh, no, I didn't order chips. <laughs> Apparently, I don't get it, right? I, I don't know. But with is better than without when it comes to people. We are meant to be 
connected. And we're just bad at it in America. We're bad at friendships. We just are. We're not bent toward friendships. We are absent friends. We're drive-by parents. And we're neglectful spouses. We just aren't good at connectedness. Some of you are. I mean, I'm not saying all of you aren't good at it, but we tend to not be. Women are a little better at connectedness than men, some. You ask a man who his best friend is, he's probably going to tell you somebody's name who they haven't seen or spoken to in six years. And that's my best friend, right? Uh, and so we're just, we're, we're, we're absent friends. We're drive-by parents. And we're neglectful spouses. So that we have a lot of work to do to be a good, healthy church. That's why I wanted to give you these six things today. And we'll go quickly. I've got six things to give you. Connected. Community is God's answer to loneliness. Everybody say loneliness. Ephesians 4.16. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Did you notice there's so many things in Scripture you cannot do by yourself? You just cannot do this, the one another's. You can't do the each other's. You can't do any of these things on the back of your thing by yourself in a vacuum. You have to be in a connected community. God had an answer for loneliness. I need people and other people need me. That's why we want you here. Pastor Ted and I are talking constantly. He's new. He's catching on to the culture. And we're talking about uh, the mentality in America today in church that I go, this is my church, and I'm a, I'm a faithful believer. I go twice a month. Twice a month. That's, that's really the standard today. If you go twice a month, you're a crazy, crazy, dedicated believer. I'm like, I just don't get that. I didn't grow up in that culture. I mean, I, I grew up, you guys wouldn't understand all the times we were in church growing up. I got to church at 7 a.m. every Sunday to help start the church buses. We had 10 full-size church buses. And then uh, the church buses went out, picked up kids. And then we had Sunday school. And then, then we had morning church. We barely get home for fried chicken and get back in the afternoon for choir practice. And then youth ministry. And Monday night was Awana. And then I was at a Christian school in that building, and so I had basketball practice in the evenings. I literally, people say they grew up in the church. You did not. I actually grew up in the church, was literally in the building more than it was at my own home. Constantly there, seven days a week at church. I don't understand this whole concept of I go to church twice a month and call myself a fervent believer. I don't know if that cuts the mustard when it comes to this connectedness it definitely doesn't help with loneliness. And showing up twice a month is not going to help you feel connected either. Uh, Ted said this morning, do you feel loved? Well, feelings are important and some people just don't feel loved. They don't feel connected. You ask me, how is it that you can come to church and not feel connected? I'll tell you how it is. Show up five minutes late, leave as soon as you can, and only do it twice a month. And then you're going to look at me as a pastor and say, well, how, come, how come I don't feel loved? Who are you? I see my barista more than I see some of you. God's answer for loneliness is connectedness. 
I need people and other people need me. You're needed here. You're not just wanted here. You're needed because connectedness is how God equipped his church. Secondly, community is God's answer to fatigue. Galatians 6.10, therefore we have an opportunity. Let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. You can't do good if you're not in that connected body. You have to be connected. Let us do good to all, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Christianity was meant to be a belonging. I need others to watch out for me. Hebrews 13.1, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Connectedness, continue in it. We, you'll burn out. I do believe if you try to go this alone, you'll just wear out. You'll just burn out because you're not meant to do this alone. You need to be boosted by others. You need to be uh, lifted up and people need to be watching out for you. Who's got your back? Who's got your back, Oakwood? Are you connected in the family? Are you connected in a way that somebody's got your back? You might think to yourself, I don't, I don't know if they know if I'm not even here. If you're in a small group and doing life together, people got your back. It takes something in order to have that kind of connectivity. It's not artificial. It doesn't happen in a big group. We need others to watch out for us. That's God's answer for fatigue. Community is God's answer to defeat. Ephesians 4.10. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them out. Hey, we all fall. We all stumble. We all go through life and life is full of potholes. And, and there's times when we are brought low. And the Bible says Pity on the person who has nobody to pick them up. Does somebody got your back? Does somebody walking life with you? If you're not walking in life, nobody's going to notice if you go down. You got to be walking with, everybody say with. If we're walking with other believers in a community, then we can help each other up. And that's what I, I, I love the illustration. I'm using the Bible's illustration, but I have another illustration called guardrails. Guardrails. Guardrails are important. Guardrails stand firm between you and going off the cliff, right? It's a good thing there's a guardrail. I've wanted one in front of my house for so long. I want a guardrail there. I live at 516 Lease. If you're coming from Beakey's in Ortonville and you're coming down Oakwood Road, and if you slide off the road at the first turn, you're in my front yard, usually upside down. And I'm like, put a guardrail in. And they're like, no, we... We can't put a guardrail in because too many people crash there. We would be replacing it all the time. I'm like, yeah, I know. Cars are on their roof in my front yard all the time. I got tracks running right there through my... You can go look today. If you don't believe me, pull in my front driveway and look to the left. You'll see tire tracks. People driving through my yard and leaving. Thank you very much. Guardrails. Here's the key. We need guardrails in our lives, but we also need to be guardrails in other people's lives. One another's guardrails. We need to be a guardrail. And by the way, guardrails don't attack people. You know, I tell the teens all the time, if you crash, don't use the excuse that you were just driving down the road and the guardrail came out and slapped your car. Nobody's going to believe you. Because guardrails stand firm. 
and don't allow cars to go over the cliff. We need people standing in our lives making sure that we're not going to fall. And we need to be there when other people start to fall to be a guardrail in their life. It, it requires one anotherness. I need, to sh- I need others to show up for me. I need others to show up for me. 1 Corinthians 12, 26. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. We need people to show up and be part of our lives for the bad times and the good times. But we've got to be there. And there's so much power in showing up. If you, I'm telling you, just show up. Yesterday, Julie and I drove to Battle Creek. Got a friend who's going to meet Jesus pretty soon. I'm excited about that because she just received Christ not too long ago. After years of praying, she's ready. She's ready to meet Jesus. We made the drive just to go be with her. Julie and I both agreed when we left. I didn't say anything amazing. It wasn't like I needed somebody there to write down everything I said because it was powerful. No, we showed up. Sometimes you get in a car and drive for four hours to spend 20 minutes by a bed because that's what one another's do. We need each other and we got to show up. And if you can't show up regularly, you're probably not going to be connected. Showing up is essential. Four, community is God's answer to despair. First Thessalonians 5, 14. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. We are prone to fall into despair, especially when we're alone. Isn't, isn't nighttime the worst time sometimes when we're alone with our thoughts? Isn't it true? I mean, sometimes alone at night is the worst thing possible. If we're prone to despair, God has an answer for that, and that is his people. I need people to weep with me. Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That's what togetherness is. One another means I'm not alone in my despair. I'm not saying that those won't happen. Life is hard and bad things happen. We will go through moments of weeping, but it's so much better to weep together than to weep alone. <laughs> and God has that for you. There is, there's a place where God has so that people will be with you in the darkest moments. And oh, that's so crucial. Weep with those who weep. Number five, community is God's answer for encouragement. We need encouragement. 1 Corinthians 12, 26, once again. If one part suffers, every part suffers. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. The body of Christ was meant to be a, an encouraging body to, to, to help you when you're down and to encourage you when things are well. I mean, it's, it's good to be with people. I need people to win with me, to celebrate the wins. Romans 12, 15 again. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Notice there's a negative side and a positive side to that. I need people in my despair, but I also need people in my victories to rejoice with, to celebrate with. And that's what God has given us. His answer to encouragement is connectedness. And number six, community is God's answer for effectiveness. Oh, you, 
You might be able to be effective on your own to some extent, but how much more effective are we together? So much more that can be accomplished together. I'm not going to belittle this, but maybe if you went on your own, on your own thought and thought, I'm going to get a baby bottle and fill it with pennies. That's great. Show up by yourself at the Oxford Pregnancy Center. They're going to love your $5.20. Or let's do it together. You guys have any idea what we're doing together with this bottle? Because we're doing it as a bottle. I just can't wait to find out. I don't know who's got to count all those things and put them together, but they're going to let us know. And I have a sneaking suspicion that your pastor's going to say, well, that was good, but I think we can match that and do even better. Together, we can do things. Together, we're more effective. What does scripture say about that? Philippians 1.27. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a worthy, a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Striving together as one effectiveness. God wants us to be effective in sharing the gospel, but he says you're more effective if you're together. There's more power in that. I need people to witness with me. John 13, 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. God's saying that people will know the difference if they see true, genuine connectedness. And that's what our world needs to see. Oakwood is at its finest when the world sees Oakwood loving one another. And they see something that they don't have without Christ. It's a witness to the world when you tell people about your church. The stories that, that, that touch people. When you, when you share that in my darkest moment, there was a small group that came and stood with me. Two stories. When I was a youth pastor, I uh, started developing adult staff. And I learned a hard lesson. You're not going to believe this, Joe. This this is going to be crazy to you, but not everybody likes me. It's crazy, I know. I know. Who'd have thunk? I drink a lot of coffee and I'm pretty hyperactive. And apparently there's some kids that are scared of me. (laughs) My kids, I had to wait till I had teenagers. Teenagers, I mean, you ought to have children, right? You ought to, you all had to, you should all suffer through having teenagers because they let you know. And, and my teenagers let me know, dad, you're, you're just weird. You're creepy and you're too hyper. And some kids are nervous. They get scared to death when they're around you. And so I, I recruited people, but I, I did not recruit a bunch of me. I didn't go find a bunch of Don Jacksons. I actually went and found a lot of people that weren't like me. Dan was one of them. He was a carpenter. He's quiet. I probably have only heard him utter 20 words my whole life. He's a quiet man. Just one of those not many words. I brought him into work with junior high boys. Was hoping it would work. (laughs) I don't know what they ever talked about in small group because they don't, He didn't talk. (laughs) He was so quiet, so calm. I noticed after a month or so, though, that on Sundays, wherever Dan would walk, there would be a little herd of ducks following him. 
I'd watch him walk up the aisle and then a bunch of junior high boys would, would be with him. I'm like, well, something's going on. That's good. One of those junior high boys lost his grandparent and he was very close to them. And I made it a point to get to the funeral. Middle of the day, midweek, I went to that funeral and I walked in the back door and there in the front row was Dan and the whole small group of boys. And I thought, I did something right. They had connected. And they were there for one another. Even junior high boys were there to support one another. And then here at Oakwood, Marie and Jay Ahonen, if you know them, I'll never forget the day I drove to Grand Rapids and the phone rings as soon as I get there. I was there to help my daughter buy a car. And... uh, I pulled into the car dealership and my phone rang and it was Marie and Marie said, our son has just died, get here. And I just opened the door and said to my daughter, gotta go, good luck with the car and drove back home, praying the whole way with Julie, devastated for their loss. When we got to their house, there was hardly any room in the driveway because the small group had already been there. They'd been there. The house was full of brothers and sisters in Christ bearing the burden, weeping and helping. That's when you know you're doing something right as a church. All the care doesn't have to come from the pastor. We have elders who are also shepherds. And then we have a lot of under shepherds that meet in family groups and minister. We're all ministers, right? Amen. I'm just the talker. I'm the talker minister, but there's a lot of ministers at Oakwood. Do you know some of them? Are you connected with them? That brings me to this dangerous experiment. Margaret was watching me this week, and she got tickled at all the chaos because I, man, I'm just not very scientific, Jeff. I I don't do good at science stuff because I'm very impatient. I called Jeff, and I said, I want to do something with a car battery that something works. And uh, he thought about it for a while. And the first thing he did is wrote back and said, there's a lot of things you shouldn't do. <laughs> Be careful. And I'm like, okay. It's been a wild week because, uh, number one, I found this battery in my garage. And it had been there for about five years, every winter, freezing. And needless to say, the, the battery's not that good. But I have a, a, a battery tender, a charger. And I hooked it up. And uh, it said Zero. But it said, charging. And the next day, it said, 100%. I'm like, yeah. So I packed it up and brought it to church and hooked it up, and it said zero. Oh, man. If you notice, I've got it hooked up right now because I'm worried that when it's not connected to the power, it's going to die. I got one of these little battery cleaners. I don't know if you know what this is. This is the post cleaner. It's got two ends with ouchy stuff on it. If you stick this down in a post and twist it, it cleans that post. You know why you got to do that? Corrosion happens. And if you've got corrosion, the the, the connections aren't going to make it. If you don't have a good connection, nothing's going to happen, right? So you got to get rid of that corrosion. They say you can use Coke or something too, but I like this because it's a cool little toy. Oh my goodness, it really bit. There we go. 
If you, you can take the brush out and just kind of sparkle that up a little bit. Cool. If anybody ever needs to borrow that, it's at my house. Then Jeff said, you know, Don, don't hook that battery right up to anything. That might not go so well. He said, you need an inverter. I said, I have one of those. Couldn't believe I actually had one of those. Bang! Oh, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Making sure you're awake. Okay. You're awake now? So many things are happening up here. Isn't it amazing? At first, I just wanted a battery and something to happen. I just need a battery and something to happen. And I found out I had to actually have some power for that battery. Then I found out I couldn't just go straight. I had to have some kind of an inversion happening to make sure the power is right for the source. Hopefully this works now. How about that? Science. Wow. It works. It works. Boy, if it hadn't lit, we'd be in trouble. You know, this battery, in my mind, represents the church. We're not perfect. But we're, we're not perfect. And nobody's claiming that. This church is only as good as its power source. And the Holy Spirit has to power this church. It's the source of power. We're not the source of power. I just want to make sure you're clear on that. Some of you would say, well, why can't I just go straight to the power source? Well, God said you need the church. God said you need the church, but you also need the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit powers the church. Then the Holy Spirit takes the power and moves it to you. And the Holy Spirit is essential in many ways here. It is the source. It's the conditioner. All of that to be effective. So my question for you today is, are you connected? Because if you're not connected, there's no power. We often say at Oakwood, we want you to be bright and salty. Bright and salty. But you can't be bright if you don't have any power. So God gave us resources and he gave us the church. And the Holy Spirit has to empower that church for effectiveness. We're helpless and hopeless if we think that the, the, the church is pastored on. It's not. I'm temporary. 20 years, 30 years, 40 years from now, no one will remember me. I pray that Oakwood will still be here. And I pray that whoever's here at that time will make sure that they're connecting to the power source. so that the church will be ready for the people to come and connect. Hope you get the idea today that it's a two-way street. We can be everything God called us to be as a church, but we need you to be everything God called you to be for the church. You have responsibilities. We have responsibilities. The church can't be effective unless the people do their part. Are you connected? I got good news. As we wrap up today, we have a new thing called Connections Ministries. How about the timing, huh? New, a new ministry called Connections here at Oakwood. And their job is to give you opportunities. We don't want to just leave you hanging and say, well, I don't know how. 
Where, where do I connect? I don't know what to, I don't know how to connect. If you don't know how, you're going to know how because we are coming after you. <laughs> and this group is a bunch of go-getters. They're going to drive me nuts. I love them. I love them. I, I, I set them free and just said, just please come run things through me. Woo! They keep running things through me. We could do this. We could do that. We already had our New Year's celebration. That was their first event. Next week is our Super Bowl event. And you're like, why? Well, number one, the lion's lost, so who cares? So just come eat food, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. He answered my prayers. No, I didn't pray for the lions to lose. I would have been excited if the lions won, but I wouldn't have been here. I'd have stayed home and watched it. So they lost, and now we don't care who wins. So just come eat the wings, right? And why? Because it's a great connection opportunity. Sit around with people at Oakwood and just talk. Get to know one another. They're going to run events at least for a year. They're going to be doing things throughout the year. You won't believe what they have planned for the picnic already. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be crazy. Dinners. Julie and I came here. We had a dream of doing dinners for six. We had a ministry at at Calvary in Battle Creek where people would sign up, and they simply would go to dinner, uh, six people, three couples, or some singles and some couples, and just connectivity. We shared that idea, and the Connections team are running with that. Actually, Maria Honan, who I mentioned earlier, she's taking this on to run this part of it. So you're going to see coming soon, very soon, an opportunity for you to sign up. You can sign up as an individual, a single, um, with a friend if you want. Like if you have somebody you, you want to do it with, that'd be great. But you can sign up, and we can pair you up. Couples can sign up, and we'll pair you up. And for three months, you're just going to have dinner once a month together at a place you guys choose. You meet, you pay for your own meal, but everybody is together, and then you do that three times, and then we shuffle the whole thing again so you get to meet other people. You know what? Some of the husbands are going to go home and say, "Uh uh-uh, we're not doing that. No, nuts to you. Wives, tell them you're coming. We're going to do this because we need connectivity, and we need to get to know people, and people need to get to know us. you got to put yourself out there. You have to. So those are opportunities that are coming soon I'm excited about. And then ideas. Share your thoughts and plans, like Dinners for Six, something that I had on my heart for a long time, didn't have the bandwidth to make it happen. I'm glad that they took it and are running with it. Opportunities for connectivity. Now, we can't do every idea. That's why I have to tell the Connections team about once a week. No, we can't do every idea. We will pick and choose what we can make fit, but you will have opportunities to connect. We're taking a whole wall out there in the lobby, and we're going to repaint it and put up this tree. That tree is the new logo for the Connections Ministry, and it's going to be a wall of connectivity, and it's going to have all the opportunities on that wall. Opportunities for you to go to small groups, opportunities for you to connect in Bible studies, opportunities for fellowship, opportunities for connectivity. Everybody say connect. Go ahead and come on up, Alec, and bring your team. We need each other. It's going to take effort by you, and it's going to take patience and endurance, but we do need each other. And I'm going to encourage you to be part of the answer and to plug in to the power source here at Oakwood. Let's stand and sing as we close. God, I pray that you'd bless this church. Make us effective, but God, I pray you would convict each one to do their part. And Father, I pray that people wouldn't feel alone. And Father, that they would share with us if there's, if there's that feeling, if there's that hurt. God, I pray for Pastor Ted and, and his role 
as assistant pastor here, connecting people. This new connections team, as they work to make sure people have opportunities to know others and to be known. I pray you'd make your church everything it's called to be in Jesus' name. Amen.